another episode of The Adventure Begins. My name is Marie. I'm your host. And I've got my co-host with me, Ruthie. Hey. So today we are going to be talking about daddy Daddy issues. It's really not funny. Um, it's not, but it is all at the same time for me. It brings kind of giggles to my soul. Um, so what some people may not know, well, I'm pretty sure by now, like people who know me know that, um, (laughs) what our audience don't know. (laughs) Yes. What our tabbies don't know is that, um, I have, or I should I say have, maybe have daddy issues. Yeah. So what people may not know is that, you know, your relationship with your dad affects so many things within your life. So for many. me, for instance, I um I grew up in a Haitian household. Um and my Sorry, dad <laughs> and my dad, although I favored him be- over my mom, my dad really like messed me up. He screwed me up. Mm. And he was not the affirming type. And my love language is affirmation. Oh and yeah, <laughs> it's affirmation and quality time. My dad was not the affirming type. My dad was the type of person that would tear me down. You know, Mm. when we talk about there is life and death in the power of the tongue. Oh, my Mm. gosh. My father did not need to put his hands on me because all he had to do was just open his mouth and he would kill me 10 times over. He was never the affirming type. He was never the one that would speak life into me. He was never the one that would sit around and joke with me. We never had that kind of relationship. And some way, somehow, I internalized looking for the approval of him. And I demonstrate, demonstrated that really outwardly by, you know, the type of men that I chose to be with. Mm. Um, my first real relationship was with a man who was 10 years my senior. I was 16. He was 26. And he abused the hell out of me. Um, hell is not a curse word. It is a destination, people. <laughs> I can see people gasping. (laughs) (laughs) And so he abused me. And for me, in a sense, um, I knew it was wrong, but it was something that I was kind of, I don't want to say used to, but for a lack of better words is that I got used to it because my father, although he was not physically abusive, he was verbally abusive. And for me, in looking for love in all the wrong places, I kind of look for traits in my dad subconsciously and even to how um, the men looked, you know, dark skin, glasses and everything. And so, you know, with that relationship, you know, he abused me. It started with the verbal. It wasn't even too long after, like probably three weeks into the quote unquote relationship, the verbal abuse began. And a lot of times he was threatening to put his hands on me. And I really didn't pay him any mind until he actually made good 
um, almost a whole year later. Wow. And I got stuck in that relationship. And the man who should have protected me, which should have been my dad, I couldn't go to him because we never had that relationship. I remember when I was younger and it was New Year's and we were watching uh, Channel 5, which is Fox 5 at, at the time. And I remember they were talking about New Year's resolutions. And I remember saying, my New Year's resolution is to become rich. My dad tells me, you got to count in order to be rich. He deflated me. And the reason why he said that is because I struggled with math. And I struggled so much with math. And I really do think a lot of that stemmed from him. I remember almost maybe the first or second day um, coming home from first grade. In kindergarten, we didn't get any homework and we didn't really go over math problems or anything like that. So basically we came home, had homework and the problem was like maybe one plus zero or something like that. And he asked me what it was. I truly did not know because I don't remember learning it if it was taught to me. And I remember clear as day as if it happened yesterday, he was sitting on the arm of the chair. He had a plate of food. And he sat down next to me and he asked me what it was. And I told him I didn't know. And he said, okay, so we're going to make a deal. So I'm like, okay. He said, for every question you get wrong, I'm going to spank you. Oh Talk gosh. about, yeah, intimidation. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was so intimidated to get anything wrong because he was going to hit me. So that made me shrink in. And subconsciously, I held on to that. And I struggled with math all throughout elementary, middle school, high school, even college. I took statistics. Oh my gosh, that was such a nightmare because (laughs) I had a professor who um, was a Chinese immigrant and he had a very, very heavy accent and he was trying to explain it and I was just lost beyond loss. And I went to tutoring. I went to... um, office hours yeah. <laughs> man it's been so long i went to <laughs> the professor himself and i'm like i need help i don't get this and i remember one time i called my dad like we were talking because for a semester i went away for college and i was telling him my struggles with math and for the first time he was like listen the english is not their native tongue and so you're gonna struggle with understanding what it is that they're saying but do your best That was the first time I can remember him actually assuring me that it was going to be okay. I got a C plus in that class. I took it and ran with it. Praise Jesus. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) what I was going to do if I hadn't um, passed that class. So that was one incident, but I could go on and on and on. So Ruthie, what's your daddy issues? Oh my gosh, Marie, we're twins. Okay. <laughs> and Marie and I, we joke about this. We feel like we have literally lived almost the same identical life. We're very close in personality wise. And so listening to you, I feel like I am reliving my youthhood. And I don't know if it's a Haitian thing. Uh, therefore, my dad, like I said, was very strict. I am the oldest of five siblings. So maybe my other siblings didn't feel like this but you know the the heaviest of anything always falls on the oldest yeah so there was such a high expectation of 
things that my father wanted and I tried so hard to deliver and just kept failing. It was never good enough. That was hard. And and even though I loved my mother and I didn't exactly favor my father, but there was this need to please him and to show him that I... <laughs> I want to be loved, wanted. <laughs> I don't know what your problem is. I'm, I'm nice. And, but he just, I mean, he was just, to me, really mean. I cannot really remember in my childhood a lot of laughter, especially not from my dad. My mom, that's a different story. But my dad, it, it was like he was just serious all the time. And if he wasn't, it definitely wasn't with me. He was always laughing with somebody else. Mm. Um, and that would be the only time that I would see him smile. But then it's like, if he looked at me, it was always like the evil eye. You're up to no good. You're doing something wrong and you're going to be punished for it. So I completely understand where you're coming from. That's crazy because it's funny you mention your dad not laughing with you. Even for me, I don't remember my dad laughing with me. Probably maybe one time yeah. my dad laughed with yeah. me, but he was never the one that joked around with us. He was never the one that played with us. He was never the one that would sit down and color with us. Um, and like you, I was always trying to seek approval from my dad. And mm-hmm. I just remember getting to a point some way, somehow the switch flipped where it's like, I don't care what you think of me, you know, cause anything that I do, you're just going to shut me down. I don't remember how it even occurred, but it was just something going on. There was a lot of tension within the house because my mom and my dad didn't get along. They basically, they were married on paper, but they really weren't in a real marriage because I never saw them doing anything together. I never saw them laughing. I never saw them hugging. I never saw any sort of affection. It was just basically the marriage was there out of convenience but it wasn't because they truly loved each other. They just tolerated each other. They um, were living life together, but not together, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. And I remember my dad coming out of his face and calling me a prostitute. Mind you, at that time, I wasn't even sexually active. And he called me a prostitute. And I remember telling him, okay, so if I'm a prostitute, my brother's my pimp. And, oh my gosh. Yeah. He never saw that one coming and that shut him up because my dad is the one that was, you know, he was always verbally abusive. He always yeah. had the words and, you know, I just remember being fed up with it. Like, why are you like this? Why is it you have nothing positive to say? I remember learning my, my vocabulary word, pessimist and a pessimistic (laughs) and I remember one time he said something I was like why are you so pessimistic why are you like this and I don't remember his response to me but at the time I think I invoked his fury and Mm. yeah and it was just like you know some way somehow I was looking for his approval but I never really got it even to this day he does not talk to me I tried reaching out a couple of times. So I'm like, hey, you know, you came across my mind. I'm thinking about you. The shocking thing was he did respond. And I was like, oh, snap. He responded. What? <laughs> and 
he was like yeah we haven't spoken in a long time uh yeah duh that's what i'm reaching why i'm reaching out to you you know he was like yeah i'm okay so i'm like so how's your day going silence (laughs) (laughs) that's enough of that (laughs) exactly i was like okay well you know i will leave that alone i'm not even gonna bother and even recently i was actually shocked where he sent me a happy mother's day text it was dry but i was like wait what (laughs) he's actually texting me yeah that's how that's how i respond i was like thanks (laughs) (laughs) my birthday was literally four days before and you didn't even acknowledge that but you acknowledge mother's day thank you but really if we're gonna do it let's do it all the way come on oh my gosh again it's so funny because yes my dad was also abusive i feel like on all levels honestly to me anyway and that's probably just my outlook on it i remember asking my mom when i got a little bit older to where i can understand better why did you marry this guy? This doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Like, why would you want to be in a relationship with somebody who's abusive, who talks down to you, who tears you apart? Because for 13 years of life, from the time that I can actually remember, that's all I've ever heard. So just imagine somebody telling you over and over, you're stupid, you're ugly, you'll never amount to anything, you're this, you're that. I mean, nothing positive, no sunshine whatsoever, just keeping you in the dark, tearing you down. After a while, you believe it. You think that's what you are. And maybe that's why I struggled so much to get the approval because I wanted to be something different. I wanted him to see that I wasn't those things and that I could be whatever it is he wanted me to be, but that just never happened. Yes, I did finally reconcile with my dad. It took a very, very long time and it was very hard because even like when I got married and I left, I remember coming back and grilling him with questions. Why did you treat us this way? Why me? Because my siblings, he he would say things to them But I tried to protect them from that because I felt that I was already the target. And so I just was trying to shield them from it. So I would just ask questions of, well, did this happen to you? Was your dad like this? Was your parents like this? Were you not raised in a loving home? And he didn't want to talk about that. Like he just literally said that was none of my business. I needed to just let it go, let it be. So he did not want to be part of that. He's like, I don't know you. I'm disowning you. (laughs) Wow. And I walked away, but it was so hard because even after I walked away, I was still trying to reach out. I was still trying to mend. And I remember my husband saying to me, Ruth, you just need to let it go. And I got so upset with him. I said, you're just trying to take him from me. You have a dad. And even though your parents are divorced, You have a relationship with him. I don't have anything and I'm trying here and you want me to just let it go. I'm so thankful for my husband because he's so gracious. And in that moment, he could have gotten angry. He could have said things that he maybe didn't mean, but he did it. He looked at me and he said, the kind of person who deserves a better dad. Wow. Wow. And he's just like, sorry that your dad did this to you. He's like, I didn't understand it. Because I did try to tell him before we got married. I said, listen, you're walking to like a really crazy household. Like you have no idea. This is the way my dad is. This is what I've heard all my life. My love language is affirmation. And I didn't get that. So it was really hard. Even though I wanted affirmation, I didn't know how to take it. 
which was kind of so silly to me. Like, I want to hear that I'm loved. I want to hear that I look pretty. I want to hear that I look nice today. But then if you said it, it was like, sure, yeah, whatever. Like, I just thought you were just saying it. Mm -hmm. Just say it. You know, it's like I didn't really take it into stride. I didn't really let it sink in. It was just like, you're just saying that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't mean that. But what what do you really want from me? It was just it was terrible. You know, that crazy to me. At some point, I think I, I started believing that too. It's like, oh, you're just saying that to me. Because, you know, all my life, it, it's been, oh, you're so pretty. Oh my gosh, your hair, you've got such long hair and you're so beautiful. I didn't hear too much where I was smart or anything like that. And this was from outsiders, never from my dad. To this day, right. I have yet to hear my father say that you're smart, you're worthy, you're beautiful, you know, you're a good mom or you're good this I have yet to 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 hear that from him and but what comes across my mind is hurt people hurt people yes I don't know my dad's history he's not someone who speaks about his childhood he's not someone who talks about you know going to school or anything like that the most I heard about him going to school is that he had to walk to school then walk home in the middle of the day to come home to basically eat nothing to walk back to school and get <laughs> yeah to get his education and that's as far as i know i do remember when i was younger trying to go to school i don't know if he even got that degree i believe he got a certification but he's not a man that talks his business so i don't know what happened to him that he was so broken and so hurt that he didn't know what else to do but hurt the people who were around him it's like his go-to um i don't know if you remember it was during anthrax and something was going on at the time and dc snipers at the time and nobody knew what was happening or anything. And then once they found out it was Lee Malvo and his stepdad, or I could be confusing their names. Anyhow, I remember him telling my brother that he was going to become a terrorist, just like them. How do you wow. speak those things over your children? How do you call your daughter yeah. a prostitute, your son a terrorist, and basically tell your children they're not going to amount to anything? I think... That's something that he was projecting onto us because maybe he may have felt that he failed in life, that he never achieved what he wanted to do in life. Maybe his hope was that his children would surpass him. And in many ways, his children did surpass him. But the way he wanted for his children to surpass him, that didn't come to fruition. Because again, your words have power. My parents... They weren't ones who went to church with us. My mom didn't convert until uh, I was about 12 years old. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't like, you know, my parents were sitting down reading the Bible with us or anything like that. Um, They weren't helping us to cultivate a, a real relationship with God. I didn't really get my relationship with God until I was in my mid 20s and so forth and still cultivating a relationship with him. We didn't have that example of what that was to be. And when I sit down and I think back on it, he used to sometimes sit down and be lost in thought. And when I think about it now, like, I wonder what he was thinking about. 
I wonder if he was just reliving life because of his mistakes, how he could have changed things, how things in life could have been different. I don't know because unlike you, I am a person, once I'm done, I'm over it. I'm not asking you questions. I don't care, couldn't care less. So if ever there was a point where we were to actually reconcile and to be to be honest with you, just saying reconciliation is weird to me because I'm like, I didn't do anything to you. Whatever issue you have, (laughs) those are your issues and you need to work on those things. And you perpetuated those things onto other people. I don't know. That's so funny. You're like, well, unlike you, (laughs) let me set the record straight here, folks. (laughs) Okay, listen, back in my day of my old self before Ruth found Christ, I was definitely a bridge burner. When I said I was done with you, I was done. You would not find me anywhere. In fact, I would try to make sure my name would not even be on your lips. Ruth, Ruth who? (laughs) Who's Ruth? (laughs) Like, that's just how bad it was. Because if I felt that you were out to hurt me or you hurt me, to the point where I could not try to make sense of where you were coming from. I just cut you off and that was it. There's just no way you would find me. So with my dad, it was years again before I even reconciled and I was not the one who initiated it. In fact, it was the Lord and him working on me. And what was interesting was again, folks, When we get into our second part, talking about dangerous prayers, (laughs) it was asking the Lord, yes, how can I please him? What can I do? I want to live a holy life. And that was one of the things you need to first forgive those who have hurt you. Okay. You want me to do what now? And my dad was not on the list. (laughs) I'm going to tell you that right now. He was not on the list because dad, daddy, who? I ain't got no dad. In fact, when I used to talk about my dad, I would talk about him like he was dead. A lot of people would ask me, is your dad still living? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I just, well, the way you were talking, I was like, oh, yeah, well, he's dead to me. <laughs> wow. And I would just, and it was like a matter of fact, like it was no question about it. There was no sympathy when I said it. It was just like, yeah, he's dead to me, but he's out there living somewhere. Even though I knew where, it's not like, why Why would I waste the breath to even tell them where? Why does it even matter? So when the Lord said, you need to forgive, I wrote down a list of names and I called these people up. I asked for forgiveness and the Lord said, thank you, but you're missing one. Um. Oh, who am I missing? Your dad. I'm sorry, dad who? <laughs> Ooh, you're my dad. And he's like, Ruth. I'm like, God. <laughs> <laughs> it was so hard. For days, I kept rolling it over in my head. Why are you making me do this? I've already walked away. This is already resolved. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it is not. God, Ruth, <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> so what did I do? I called up my sister and I literally, cause she has a better relationship with my dad. My younger sister had a better relationship. So I called her and I said, listen, how's your dad doing? Not my dad, your dad. How's your dad doing? 
And she's like, oh yeah, he's doing fine. Well, you know, how is he really doing? Like, is he still the person that he was during our childhood? Do you remember our childhood? You know, and it's so funny when you have your siblings all living under one house and the way we each remember things. Mm -hmm. I find that so fascinating. That's so true. Because where to me, I felt so hurt and I carried this hurt for years. And when I talked to my siblings, it's like I imagined all of it. Like it didn't even happen. They have no idea what I'm Far talking about. From them. Their relationship was mediocre, you know, or great, or they felt like they had a wonderful childhood. And meanwhile, I'm like off to the side suffering, which, you know, was so silly to me because I'm like, but I chose to shield them. So why am I upset when I hear that they had a better childhood than I did? Wow. So there was like almost jealousy there. Yeah, daddy loved you more than he did me. Obviously, I'm the red hair stepchild and I must have been not wanted because that's the way I, I was treated for so many years. Wow. So when the Lord said, you need to forgive, and I called my sister asking, well, what is his state of mind like now? She's like, well, he's doing pretty good. I mean, he's taking care of my kids and he buys some things. And I thought I was going to pee. <laughs> <laughs> like, who is this man? What are you talking about? So true. And so here I am, I'm telling her and she's like, Ruth, just call. And I'm like, I don't know. I said, my whole thing is I didn't want my earthly dad to try to act like none of it happened or that it was all in my head because it wasn't the first time he'd done that. And it wasn't the first time that somebody would bring me up and he would say, oh, I'm so proud of her and try to take credit for something he didn't do. So it just really irked me that God felt it fit that I needed to apologize. Well, what I'm like, no, he needs to be doing the apologizing because mm. I didn't do anything wrong. Like you're saying, I didn't do anything wrong. I was being myself and he was doing whatever he thought was right, raising us in a way that I'm sure he knew wasn't right, but he was doing it anyway. And what was his excuse? He says, well, you turned out okay, didn't wow. you? Wow. That's totally against the point. Wow. So I had to call up my dad. My husband was sitting right there next to me on the bed, holding my hand, me on the phone. Hi, dad. And he's like, oh my gosh, hell must have frozen over. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's exactly what he said. I was so stunned. He's like, you're calling me. So what's going on? Wow. <laughs> and I said, well, do you have a moment? Cause I just need to, I just need to chat with you. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I said, listen, I've been talking to God about trying to have a better relationship with him. And, and I want to live a holy life, but unable to do that. I had to call people to ask for forgiveness and forgive them for things that they have done to hurt me. And you are one of those people. So I am saying that I'm forgiving you for all the hurt that you've caused me. And if I have done anything to hurt you in the process, I do ask for forgiveness. And for a minute, there was like a moment of silence. Like I genuinely thought he was going to laugh or he was going to say something like, are you serious right now? <laughs> Is this why you've called wow. me? But instead he said, I'm really sorry for all the hurt that I caused you. Man. Wasn't that like a and, redemptive moment? <laughs> oh my gosh. You have no idea. 
when he said that, I was so stunned because I was not ready for that. I was ready for everything but that. I was ready to even hang up the phone if I had to, if he started just going nuts, like trying to curse me out or whatever. But I was not expecting that. He literally just said, I'm sorry. And thank you for forgiving me. And I just want you to know that anytime you want to talk, my line is open. Anytime you want to visit, my door is open. You are welcomed. And I said, thank you. And then I hung up the phone and I burst it out into tears. And you know what? This whole time where you were arguing with God, what you didn't know was that he was already preparing your dad's heart for that phone call. Yes. And that's just it. Like We don't know what God is doing on the other side of it. We always hear how God is a good, good God and how he will take the place of our earthly father when our earthly father has done us wrong, how, you know, they may have disappeared on us, or, you know, they may have physically been present in our lives, but not present at all, which was my case. My yeah. father was physically present, but he wasn't present. And it's just to speak on God's character. And for some people, it might even trigger them too to hear that, oh, well, God is such a good dad. Well, if he's such a good dad, why is that my dad is such a jerk? That's so true. And for me, I don't think I ever, ever went there with God. I don't think I was ever that wounded where I was just like, well, I want nothing to do with God. If anything, I kind of ran towards him. And even now I know he's my daddy, but I've never looked as God as my replacement daddy. It's like, okay, I've got this earthly father who's flawed, who's jacked up, messed up, and I will never get a relationship with him where that we see on TV shows. And I think that's why I wanted so bad to be a Huxtable. Uh. <laughs> I wanted so bad to have that Huxtable family or Family Matters. All those TV shows, you know, they show the dad being so loving and so encouraging yeah. and so supportive. I think in my mind, they became my dad in a sense. So I, I, as much damage as my father did to me, he didn't do as that bad of a damage because I know I hear about stories of people out there who are strung out because they've got daddy issues, who are out there, you know, selling their bodies because they have daddy issues, who have, you know, committed suicide because of it. But it, it also yeah. speaks to how God also kept me as well because he knew he created me he knew what family I was going to be in. He knew the purpose he had over my life. And so in a sense, he kind of gave me that protection where it's like, okay, Bill Cosby could be your dad. <laughs> or Carl Winslow, oh, right? Carl Winslow could be your dad. Yeah. Yes. So I guess in that sense, he protected me in those TV shows where I didn't go crazy or whatever the case is. Another sense too, I, I went into rebellion and that's how I ended up in that abusive re relationship. I didn't quite heal from that relation. I didn't, I didn't heal from my wounds and traumas anyway. So that kind of pretty much set the tone for yeah. every relationship mm -hmm. that I jumped in. So, you know, there were some traits that my dad had that my partner would have. So, you know, my, uh, oldest, her, her dad, he has particular traits. And then I was in a relationship after 
leaving him, I was in another relationship where he was mildly abusive. I say it mildly because I guess right there was part of the catalyst where I was just like, yeah, I want no parts of being with somebody who doesn't want to serve the Lord with me or whatever the case is. Yeah. Yeah. And then left that relationship, jumped into another relationship. And even that relationship, how that ended, when I sit down and I look back at that relationship, I'm like, man, I had not only daddy issues, I had abusive relationship issues. I had so many issues that I had not healed from. And I brought it into that relationship. And I wasn't completely whole and was hoping this person was going to be my knight in shining armor. Don't do that, people. Don't do that. (laughs) Because that will backfire on you. And it backfired on me in such a major way. Again, when I look back at it, I was like, dang, I made this mistake here. Why didn't I notice? Or why didn't I notice this? Or whatever the case is. And I can all trace it back to me having daddy issues. So what encouragement can we give to our tabbies about daddy issues? Well, one thing I can definitely say is that your earthly dad is flawed. He is not perfect. He doesn't know himself probably what he's doing. It's just that he knew to keep you alive by feeding you, clothing you, keeping a roof over your head. If, if, If he did that much. The fact that he's not perfect, you should allow him just a little bit of grace. I know it's hard. It's very hard, but ask the Lord to work with you, to work in you and through you. So you can first start with forgiving yourself because I know that I blamed myself for my dad being abusive to me because I thought something was wrong with myself and maybe it was something that was within me that he didn't like, that I had to change. So start with yourself, forgive yourself, and then ask God to help you forgive your father and then ask him to be your father. And it's a process. It's going to take time. Don't expect it to happen overnight because nothing like this, especially of years of abuse or years of daddy issues, for it to disappear overnight. It it doesn't work that way. You just have to constantly be working at it. You're going to cry. You're going to have, you know, tantrums. Yes. You're going to... Lots of tears. Yes. You're going to, you know, go through all the different stages, but stick with it. It's really for your own freedom. And so that you don't repeat that vicious cycle onto the next generation. Because... At the end of the day, you know, where you're trying to break that cycle, you inadvertently repeat that cycle. And then there's another set of damaged people that's going forward in this next generation. Absolutely. All right, Tabbies. It's that time for the highs and the lows. (laughs) Yes, baby. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think this week has somewhat been challenging. Well, let, let Ruthie speak on that. But <laughs> oh my gosh, folks. Listen, on the last episode, okay, of Dangerous Prayers, we have a part two that we're going to make, but we had to take a little bit of a break because after six days, okay, we were finally able to, <sighs> Jesus, dare I say it, <laughs> to publish. <laughs> The episode, okay? (laughs) We underestimated just how much pushback we were going to get from the darkness. 
we underestimated. We did not know it was going to be that serious. So obviously there is something there about prayer. And so we are going to keep diving in. That'll be our next episode. But that was the high today. I called Marie and I was like, I'm going to celebrate with some pancakes and ice cream, girl. (laughs) It's just crazy when the Lord puts something on your heart. And yeah, I got this because I got the back end of the Lord. Yes, you got the back end of the Lord. But then there's the pushback, too. It is real. And you just. It is you just real. have to keep persevering, keep pushing because your breakthrough is at the end of that. And Lord knows we got our breakthrough today. Amen. Woo! All right. All right, people. <laughs> All right. I don't know if we could say much. Well, I can't say too much about the lows. I can't speak too much yeah. about that because that one within itself was so victorious. It's like, all right, devil. Yes. We it conquered the yes. lows. It conquered yes. the lows. We stomped that <laughs> devil out. Amen, 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 amen. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tabbies. On that note, you can send us questions, comment at our email, ask adventure begins at gmail.com and thank you so much for listening in and your support and for sharing our podcast with your friends and families and strangers yes we love you tabbies we love you for it (laughs) and we hope to hear from you soon and we'll catch you on the next Uh one